Welcome to Heart Church. We believe that the gospel has the power to change your whole life or your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Well, church, uh, last time I preached was a couple of weeks ago, I said you'd found me as a happy man, and uh, I'm happy again today. And uh, I've got two reasons. One is because not only have Norwich City been promoted to the Premier League, but we've gone up as champions. Come on. Um, thank you for the football fans in the room for celebrating with me. And the second one, which is probably more important, is I'm sure most of you will have seen, if you follow us on social media, I'm excited to say that my wife and I are expecting twins. We are having our second and third child. So, yeah, pray for us. Uh, but we are excited. God is blessing us. And we are just so excited. And I can't wait that we will hopefully be back to actual church. <laughs> when our twins are born and we can be church together again. Okay, so we're carrying on our worship series today. So um, I'm going to be doing a bit of a kind of uh, biblical theological look at, I want to answer three questions today, hopefully. We're going to look at what is worship, why we would worship God, and then how do we worship? So I'm going to try and answer those three questions. So what is worship to start with? Now I'm going to go to the dictionary, which is not something that I would normally do, uh, I'd much rather go to like a Bible dictionary to find out what's the Bible saying. But I want to make a point about worship more broadly than just Christian worship to start with. And I think the dictionary is actually going to help us to get into it before we then look at why we worship God from the scriptures. So along with some specific uh, religious applications for the word worship, uh, this is what the, the, the Oxford English Dictionary says worship is. It says worship is adoration or devotion shown towards a person or principle. Adoration or devotion shown towards a person or a principle. So when we get into the Bible later, hopefully I'm going to show you this, but I want to say that I think we cannot help but worship. I think the human race, we cannot help but show adoration and devotion towards people, things, principles, objects, concepts. I think we can't help but worship. Our society, both the world, us, We worship, we devote ourselves to things, we adore things all the time. So let me give you a few things that I think we we worship, the world worships, we adore, we devote ourselves to. Money, stability, careers, family, political ideologies, sociological ideas, romance, body image, other people's opinions of ourselves, fame, Significance, our culture, education, houses, our traditions, our reputation, cars, clothes, possessions, other people's attention, sport, celebrities, social media, the pursuit of happiness. I think we as a human race, we give our adoration and devotion to these among loads of other things. But I think at our core, we can't help but adore and devote ourselves to things and I think it's because that's how God has made us but ultimately what all of these things have in common and just to say I've deliberately not picked things which are sinful I don't think any of those things are sinful now I could have picked some sinful things but that's not the point I want to make these are decent things these are good things actually but they can take our adoration and our devotion when we allow them to but ultimately the thing that these have in common is that I'm at the center of them all that we're at the centre of them all. And you know, the driving force of Western culture, and whether you've grown up in Western culture or you live here now, 
or whether you don't live here, the driving force of, of where this church finds itself is for the last hundred years, the individual has been at the centre of our whole thinking. Me at the middle, me at the middle, me at the middle. I, individualistic culture, ha- is pervades Western culture. And so these are things that we will worship just because we live in the UK. <laughs> And you will, it will, the world will orientate you to have you at the middle of everything of your life. And the problem when we worship things, when we devote ourselves to these things, is that they take a lot of energy and effort to attain. And if we don't attain them, then we live anxious and fearful and depressed and upset and insecure because we don't have the thing that we wanted, that we're adoring, that we're devoting ourselves to. Or if you do get it, we will spend a lot of our energy running around trying to keep hold of it. Because these things in the world, they are conditional. If you have based your identity around being the guy and getting attention for having a new car, well, in five years' time, everyone's used to your car. You're going to have to keep buying new cars to keep being that guy, right? If your sense of worth, if you're devoting yourself to people's opinion of you through your social media, then you will have to keep using more and more and more filters throughout your life in order to maintain the the affection and care that you have so devoted yourselves to because it will go away. These things will drain us if we allow them to be the things that we devote ourselves to. And this, the reason why I'm talking about this is because this can so easily creep into our Christian life. This can so easily creep into our Christian life where if that worship song or if that verse of the Bible or if that principle or if that idea fits with what I already believe the world should be like, happy days, I'm in, 100%. But the second that that verse of the Bible or that thing someone said or that worship song or that fundamental doctrine and truth that Jesus Christ said stands outside of myself as the middle, then I mean at the moment our culture is telling you you can just pick and choose whatever you want to or we will just walk away from Jesus. Why? Because I've placed myself at the centre of the adoration and devotion and worship of my life. And that's so easy because the world is not neutral. The world is trying to take us away from Jesus and it can so easily slip into me being in control of everything. I want to worship at home because I can create my own playlist. I'm just going to ignore that bit of what Jesus said because that doesn't fit with my view of the world. Ultimately, we are saying that our value And our devotion is more to our own perceived ideas of what's right or wrong than what Jesus is. Or the ideas that we think are our own, but we've been convinced to believe, or that the world is telling you you have to believe. So I think worship is us ascribing adoration and devotion to something. And I think Christian worship is to say that our ultimate value, our ultimate devotion, our ultimate adoration is not going to go to any of those things. It's going to go to Jesus Christ. It's going to go to God above all of those things. So I think that's what worship is. I think it's hardwired into the fabric of human nature. I think the Oxford English Dictionary, which is not a Christian dictionary, tells us it's adoration and devotion. And then you look at the world and you go, well, we are adoring and devoting ourselves to a lot of things. I think it's hardwired into the human race. But ultimately, those things are going to let us down. So I think that's what worship is. So the second thing is then why worship God? Why worship God above all these things? So to answer that, we're going to go to the Psalms. I've got to read at least one Psalm in, in a Bible message about worship. Okay? The Psalms are the, the, the songbook of the Bible. They are the, where the core of worship is in the Bible. There's some amazing New Testament places as well. But this is where we've, we've got to have at least one Psalm. So 
And I'm going to pick Psalm 95, verse 1 to 7. So if you've got your Bible, why not go there now? Psalm 95. We'll read the first seven verses because this psalm kind of sums up why we might worship God. So as I'm reading this, think through reasons why we might want to ascribe ultimate value to God, why we might want to bring our adoration and devotion towards God. This is what it says. Verse one, come, let us sing joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. You see, Christian worship is to look at God and say, there is nothing more valuable, nothing more precious, nothing more worthy of my adoration and devotion in the whole world. To look at him and go, you know, the Bible says here that he, why? Because he made us. <laughs> He's the great God above all other gods that could be named. He is the one who made the heavens and the earth. He's the one who formed this most unlikely of life-giving planets among the universe and created you to be in it. He's the one who not only does that, but he's the one who knows you Intimately, Psalm 139 says that he knitted you together in your mother's womb. Ephesians 1 says that he knew you before the creation of the whole world and had plans for you. This is the God who not only did that, but because he so loved the world, John 3.16 tells us, that he gave his only son, that Jesus came to die to take away the penalty of our sin. Why? So that we could know God forever. And the God who promises us that when we are in Christ, we will get to spend our eternity with him. This is why we worship him, because there's nothing else, there's no one else in the world who is worthy of our adoration and our devotion than this God. I love verse uh, 7 where it says, for he is our God. (laughs) I think even if he wasn't our God, he would still be worthy of worship. (laughs) But he's not just a God who created the world and checked out in some kind of deism kind of way of creation. No, we believe that he is intimately involved in our lives and not only everything I've just said, but God the Holy Spirit now wants to come and live inside us to live with us, to guide us and to show us the way and to be in relationship with him. This is why we worship God. (laughs) To look on the world, to look on him and go, I don't see anything else more worthy of my worship. I don't see anything else more worthy of the ultimate the ultimate adoration and the ultimate devotion of my life than the one who made the seas and the heavens and the earth and formed me and had plans for me and knows me and loves me and gave everything for me. Throughout the Bible, we see that worship is always the appropriate response to God. Joe Langford said it last week. Worship is always the appropriate response in every circumstance. Psalm 96 verse four says, for great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is worthy of our praise because he is holy, he is glorious, he is powerful, he created us. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, every time someone tries to worship angels in the Bible, they say, don't worship me because they are not worthy of worship. When Jesus walked the earth, he allowed the disciples to worship him. When he prayed, just before he prayed for us in John 17, which I read a couple of weeks ago, Jesus prays that God would glorify himself in order that we could know him. God is worthy of our worship. Jesus Christ is worthy of our worship. Revelation chapter four, we see this this, this image of heaven where God is present and the creatures around the throne are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. They bow down and they worship him because when we see God, we 
our appropriate response is to worship him. And here's the thing. This is the only worship, I believe, where we will be healed, where we will be restored, where we will be made whole. This is the only place of adoration and devotion where your safety, where your acceptance and your security are absolutely guaranteed. When we give our adoration and devotion to God, we find that we are where we belong. Why worship God? Because it's the place where you are going to be the most you. It was what you were built to do. We cannot help but do it. God has hardwired it into us to have relationship with him. And he, when we worship him, we are the most us that we are. Romans 8 says that nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ. There is no house, there is no fame, there is no security, there is no ideology, there is no utopian society, there is no tradition, there is no family, there is no marriage, there is no relationship like the relationship that we can have with Jesus Christ that says nothing can ever take it away from you. If you are looking for safety and acceptance and security in your life, come and worship Jesus. (laughs) Come and delight yourself in him and you will find that you are made whole in him. And I want to just say a quick note, you know, to encourage you. Don't allow yourself to worship God like you worship other things. Don't allow yourself to worship God thinking, I need to do this in order to keep maintaining what I've already got. I think we don't have anything to bring to God. (laughs) He has brought everything to us. He has delivered us. He has made us whole. He has given us the Holy Spirit. He's saved us. He's given us righteousness. He's given us justification. He's given us everything that we would need. He is not going to take that away from you. You do not need to come this morning to worship in order to make God like you. You do not need to come in order to make God, uh, to keep topping up that thing like you need to keep posting on Instagram to top up that feeling of acceptance. You don't need to do that. He, he will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says that Jesus is like living water. <laughs> once, you've, once you've drunk it, you will never go thirsty again. Let's not worship God like we worship things that are worth less than him. Okay, so that's why we worship. And listen, I mean, there's a lot of Bible verses going around right now, but I, I tell you, I could have picked 65. If I got a part two to this section of why we worship, it would just be me standing here for an hour just reading verses from the Bible about why God is worthy of worship. <laughs> he is worthy of worship. Finally, how do we worship? There's a story in John chapter four where Jesus is speaking, it's known as the story of the woman and the well. Uh, many of you may know it if you've, if you've been a Christian a while or if you've read it in your Bible recently. And there's a part in it where Jesus says this in verse, chapter 4, verse 23, and I'm going to explain it in a minute. It says, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is Spirit and his worshippers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. So we know what worship is. We've looked at why we want to worship God. So how on earth do we go about doing it? And Jesus is pretty clear. He says, the worshipers that I want are worshipers of worship in the spirit and in truth. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, first of all, let me give you a bit of context to this story. There's so many things that you could preach about this story from the Bible. But one of the things that is important to draw out for this is that just before uh, this, this woman has said, you You Jews, you worship over there, and us Samaritans, we worship over here. Now, throughout the Old Testament, to an extent, but definitely by the time Jesus arrives, worship, there was a strong cultural uh, significance of where you worship. We worship on this mountain. We worship at this temple. We worship in this city. 
And Jesus, in this moment, he says that there's a time coming just before this bit we read when you will worship neither on that mountain nor on this mountain. And then he goes and says the time is coming when true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. So first of all, I want to say that worship in the spirit is worship with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus has made it really clear in this moment that he is dismantling this notion that worship is centered on a location. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says that when we receive Christ, when we accept, when we, give, when we put our faith in the grace that Jesus has given us to save us, the Bible says that the Holy, we receive the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance in Christ. And there are stories in the Bible where people get prayed for to, to receive the Holy Spirit, to come and live in them in power. And if you've never done that before, if you've never been prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, jump online after church. Go with our online pastors. They would love to pray for you over Zoom and have the Holy Spirit come and live inside you. And if you've done that before, but you just know, man, I need the Holy Spirit, then get online. Go take the time of our online pastors to, to be prayed for. Call your friend. Be prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. But Jesus says that when Jesus... He said the Holy Spirit was going to come and live inside me. And so worship in the Spirit is about me internally having a revelation of who God is. As the foundation for worship. Jesus said in Matthew 15 verse 8, he said, This people honours me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So it's, it's possible to be in church this morning, to be in, at home watching church wherever you are, and singing out worship songs, and yet your heart be distant from God. God is saying it's not about the words, it's not about the place. First and foremost, it's about your heart. First and foremost, it's about the Holy Spirit coming in and bringing a revelation of who God is. That's worship in the Spirit. It's about you in your heart, your heart giving ultimate adoration and devotion to Jesus Christ as the foundation. Now, worship is always, well, I think it's usually more than just internal, but it has to be internal. There has to be an internal sense in which I I've got a revelation of Jesus. And that can only come from the Holy Spirit. But there's also an application for me of worship in the Spirit, where the church, the body of Christ, is often called the temple of the Holy Spirit. The the, the dwelling place of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21, it says, in him, that's in Jesus, the whole building, that's not talking about physical building, that's talking about you and me as a church body built together, It says the building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, so that you there is plural, so you all also are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So I think there's also an application that if we're going to worship in the spirit, then there has to be some outworking of our worship that is not just me, that is with us. I think, I think there has to be some outworking of it because this is where the Holy Spirit dwells. He dwells in me primarily, but he also, if I'm going to really be experiencing the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, then he dwells with us. He dwells with us. This is why being part of a church, being part of a community where I'm not always in control is so powerful because it's actually part of the fundamentals, I think, of how the Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide us. And Jesus says that worshipping in the Spirit is foundational to a life of worship. And I think a life of worship is the very thing you were built to do. So if we want to accomplish and fulfill everything that we're supposed to be as humans, I think we need to be part of a church where we worship Jesus together. And that inward revelation where I believe what God has said and where we believe what God it says I think manifests itself in two ways one is in our mouths you know as Christians 
throughout the whole of the Bible, throughout the whole 2,000 years of church history, putting the praises of God on our lips, speaking out his goodness, singing out his goodness, declaring the greatness of our God is important. In the Bible, it says, when you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you'll be saved. When we have baptism services, we say, what is your confession of faith? We have a faith that we are supposed to declare what we believe. We're supposed to speak out the praises of God. That psalm that we read at the beginning said, shout, sing for joy, shout to the Lord. We are supposed to come and put this on our lips as we praise. There is something powerful that brings revelation when we add to that revelation worship sung together where we speak out about what God has done and that helps it become alive in me, that helps it bring revelation to me and I understand it more as I declare it, as I speak it and as we sing it together. That's true of prayer. That's true right now. What I'm doing right now is worship. I am putting the praises of God on my lips and speaking it out and because I'm speaking it out, God is doing something in us as we worship together. When we confess our sins, we put these things on our lips, it becomes worship. And the second way is in our life. Our life is supposed to be worship. So many scriptures I could use to talk about this, but let me pick one, Romans 12, verse one to two. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, perfect and pleasing will. Our lives are supposed to be worship. Every time that in our lives we choose to value what God speaks over you, over what the world speaks over you, that is worship. Every time in our lives that we choose to prefer someone else and put someone else's needs above ours because of what Jesus did for us, that's worship. Every time you decide to place the ultimate value of your life, not on what the possessions you can gain, but on the king, on, on the treasure you can build up in heaven, that's worship. Every time we come and we sacrifice our own needs for the sake of what Jesus Christ says, that's worship. Every time we come to something in the Bible that we don't understand and we say God I'm going to choose what you said to be true not what I think is true that's worship every time we do those things that is a life of sacrifice and honour to God which is our true and proper worship and it comes from a revelation of the Holy Spirit of who Jesus is the prayer Holy Spirit lead me today that's worship the prayer Holy Spirit guide me today that's worship Holy Spirit speaks me through your Bible that's worship Holy Spirit help me to, be, to, to forgive that person that I'm holding on to bitterness to that's worship worship cannot just be singing it is our life but both our sung our spoken and our lived worship is an expression of our deep revelation of the Holy Spirit and ultimately a revelation of who God is is the heart of worship If there's one thing that you could get out of worship today, it would be to know Jesus more. (laughs) And that would fulfill the desires of our hearts. When we ultimately stand in heaven, I don't think we'll be insecure anymore. We won't be stressed anymore. We won't be anxious anymore. (laughs) Because we will have a true revelation of who Jesus is. This is worship in the spirit. And then finally, in truth. Jesus said they'll worship the Father in in the Spirit and in truth. I think these two are inextricably linked. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of truth. But in truth means a proper response to the truth of who God is, I think. I think it means we start with who God is and we worship from there. That we start with truth, not my truth, but the truth. Jesus said he was the way, the truth and the life. The Holy Spirit's job. Jesus said in John 16, 14 of the Holy Spirit, he said, he will glorify me. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Our worship is a proper, in truth, is a proper response to the truth of who Jesus is. 
He made the heavens, He made the earth. And if you don't know who Jesus is, then I want to encourage you today, invite Him in, welcome Him in. If you're a Christian and you don't feel like you know who Jesus is, open your Bible, go and find the truth and allow your worship to be based in spirit and in truth. And ultimately the Holy Spirit's job, part of the the job of God, the Holy Spirit living in your life is to make Jesus known to you. (laughs) It's to take what was Jesus's and help you understand it, help you receive it. So church, as we come, I think we can't help but worship. And I think it's worth worshiping God, A, because he is most worthy of our worship and adoration. He's the only one who is worthy of our ultimate adoration. He's the only one who is worthy of our devotion, our adoration, our praise, because he is glorious, he is holy, and because he knows you and made you and loves you and cares for you. And based on that, church, I want to encourage us, let us worship in the Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit as we come to worship now. Invite him as I'm speaking now. Invite him in. Invite him into your spirit. If you've never done it before, invite him to come and live inside you. Invite him to come and live inside us as a community as we worship. And as we fix our eyes now, we're going to fix our eyes on the truth of Jesus. Church, be humble. You know, as we come to praise him, let us bring glory to his name. For he is worthy. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, come and fill our worship now. Come and fill our praise now. Lord, may we be true worshippers who worship in spirit and in truth, Lord God. We say, come Holy Spirit and bring proper worship. Lord God, we turn away from the things that we have maybe given our adoration and devotion to. And in this moment, we come to the only one who can bring us safety, the only one who can bring us true acceptance, the only one who can bring us true security. And we come to bring you glory and honour and praise because you are worthy, because you are worthy, because you are worthy. Church, let's stand in the room. Let's stand maybe where you're home. And let's praise God together. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.